Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, lunchtime, home improvement, KMOX, one more hour, or lots of things happening, 50,000 watts, plenty of phone lines, questions from you, there are seats in the classroom, yeah, bring it on, we are together having fun, I know those of you have some headphones and some radios with you out in the backyard, cleaning up, It's that's where I'm going after, I'm going outside, man, I, I'm going outside, yes indeed, I'm going to soak up a little bit of that vitamin D act and get some sun phone lines open 314-436-7900 toll free 800-925-1120 800-925-1120 uh, john algren here from paradise california burned out of his home was with us hour one kind of an interesting story my purpose was just to let you know sometimes it happens to you um, he was visiting the area looking for a travel trailer trying to house his family of all things you know i mean yeah uh you know, what do you do when you have nothing? It was kind of interesting. I'm going to share this with you just a little bit because uh, he and his wife would sit with us. And every now and again, you know, Tammy would get sad because, you know, the family pictures, kids pictures, you know, that uh, piece of the blanket from when they were small is gone. A favorite uh, something from grandma. All of that stuff is just poof just gone you never know so the people in anchorage alaska going through this earthquake you never know what's cooking uh again back to a little bit of that um, emergency preparedness keep in mind we've had all sorts of things in our areas maybe it's just a little reminder for us you know to think about potable water uh, maybe a saw for trees uh, falling we do have ice and snowstorms we have trees and tornadoes every now and again uh, i do recall new year's eve some years ago when sunset hills got whacked with a tornado you know i came home and there were shingles in my yard roof shingles in my yard i looked around it wasn't a color that was from anywhere on my house then i looked at my neighbor's house wasn't from any of those it blew in from Sunset Hills, six, eight miles away. So you never know. Anyway, just be prepared is my message to you. Um, on a nicer note, we have great weather today. Get outside and enjoy it. The holidays, Santa Claus is sharpening them up, up the sled and the sleigh, getting everything ready. We had Thanksgiving. Maybe you understood things as well uh, as you had uh, guests in your home, or maybe you were guests in others. How did that powder room work? How did the guest bathroom work? Is it really ready for guests? Uh, is it suitable for you? Was the kitchen um, in up to snuff for entertaining? Is it up to snuff for you as you go into the next part of your life? Maybe you're starting a family. Is it going to be enough for raising a family and feeding children? Uh, perhaps grandchildren, that area, or accessibility around your home. These are all things that we at Mosby Building Arts think about as designers we really want to make sure that the house serves the homeowner and not the other way around maybe like me you've uh, been making payments on this house for a long time it's time now for the house to serve you yeah, there you go phone lines open here at KMOX 314-436-7900 
800-925-1120, toll-free 800-925-1120. Make sure you do a little bit of a walkabout around your home. Make sure the roof, the gutters, all of that is in good shape. You see any logs or sticks up on the roof, more than you can handle, give somebody a call. I reminded you about your smoke detectors. Please, as we get inside and we close ourselves in because of the cool winter coming, make sure those smoke detectors are there as well. Uh, Also, carbon monoxide detector. If you're in Illinois, uh, it is statutorily or basically the law says you're supposed to have a CO or carbon monoxide detector uh, if you have gas anywhere in the house or not. So you need a carbon monoxide detector. Uh, I have one at my home as well. It's important because you never know. It is an odorless tasteless gas uh carbon monoxide poisoning comes on as a lethargy just uh get kind of lazy you're running out of o2 no more oxygen coming into the body and you just kind of go to sleep uh, sometimes you get a headache and sometimes it's a splitting headache uh, those are all the signs of carbon monoxide and as we get into the colder months that furnace runs more and more and more uh, and just like the the question we had on chimneys from uh, you know we started with Larry fireplace logs and all that how often do I clean my chimney please if you have any questions or you don't know the last time your chimney was clean get a licensed chimney sweep to take a look at your chimney and and just basically clean it just because you can Uh, because if you don't and you're wrong and the penalty is uh, sometimes death so just be aware Uh, 314-436-7900 toll-free 800-925-1120 I'm a little morbid here uh, in helping others though let's get a little smile on the face let's talk about the people we can help Uh, friends of kids with cancer as well as the St. Louis uh, area food bank Um, so bring prepared food we've got a stuff the truck event Mosby Building Arts at uh, uh, my business there in Kirkwood 645 Leffingwell Avenue right near the inner section of Big Bend and Highway 44. Um, We are right next to the Puzzle Warehouse. If you can see that from 44, then that's kind of where we are. Sometimes it's a little circuitous how you get there. But bring foods, um, canned foods, um, things that are easily transportable. And now's the time because we're going to have some people that are cold and hungry for the holidays. Let's go to the phones right now and uh, see if we can fire up. Is my friend Terry still there? Terry, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on KMOX. How can we help? Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, listen, I've got an older brick home. It's about a 60-year home with a full masonry chimney, and Mm -hmm. there's three clay towel coming out of the top of it. I was out there the other day cleaning out gutters and that, and I noticed on the top of my chimney and around the top end of it, all my mortars uh, breaking away and that, uh, and uh, it's probably coming from, I'm guessing, the freezing and thawing event uh, that happens. Yes. So I was going to ask you, on the top of the uh, chimney where the three clay towel come out on that crown, more or less, what's a good cement or a mortar to use uh, on there uh, to keep that all intact up there? Uh, Terry, good question. Frankly, uh, that cap, that masonry cap, is very important because it uh, it's the roof for the chimney, as you well know. Um, chip that out. Uh, basically, um, concrete is three, two, one. Basically, three right. gravel, 
two sand, one Portland cement. Uh, masonry cement is a little richer, throws a little bit of lime in there, so you're not going to have gravel or aggregate. You will have sand and then um, basically one cement, Portland cement and one half of uh, lime. But you just get a uh, basically um, mortar mix. Already has the Portland cement and the lime mixed. That and then you mix basically two to one, two sand to one um, masonry mix, uh, and that's the ticket. So, um, or or if you're doing it uh, by scoop, you know, you, you, I, I'm, I'm going to stay out of the Portland and, and Lime because that's really for the pros, but um, uh, two to one right. mix. And if you can, uh, do it fairly dry, but you do want to slick up the surface because the tighter that surface is, and it will shrink, it will shrink. Uh, so you may have to do it, uh, you know, let it shrink and then come back and touch it up a little bit with some cracks because it'll shrink where the brick and the masonry cap hit. When you put that masonry cap on, you need to temper, T-E-M-P-E-R, uh, spritz a little bit of water on the top of that brick so that the masonry cement wicks and soaks into and follows that water line in those uh, pores and the little capillaries so that you really bond that new masonry cap on top of the chim on the chimney brick okay then on then below that crown area where the the top of the brick are um if i do a little tuck pointing in that area which i probably need um there's different types of uh, what mortar cement or whatever or mortar mix oh yeah there's yeah a, that's tougher than it looks. Uh, number one, uh, color matching, uh, that's artist's stuff. So, um, right. right. yeah, be, beware. That's, um, you and I can tuck point the brick pretty successfully. Uh, masons, uh, all of them can lay up brick. Two out of right. ten masons can match mortar. You know, so we're getting into the finer points of, you know, effectively uh, furniture refinishing in brick form. So masonry color match on mortar, I'm not even going to take you into that. There are there right, colors right. and colorants and trial and error, but even the pros will make up a couple of blobs of, of mortar in their hands. They'll mix up this one with this much pigment, this one more pigment, this, and, and they'll let them dry, and they'll come back a few days and, and see which mixture matches, but it's a big deal these boys are seriously good yeah i knew there was an artwork and i got a cousin that does that for a living and he always talked to me about that yeah 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 so i, I would leave that color matching tuck pointing to the pros because you can do a good job tuck pointing but man i'll tell you what it's going to be white and bright and when you blow it you just it 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 drives me nuts when i see not color match tuck pointing because it doesn't have to be like that it can be pretty as well and then I noticed on a lot of my mortar, uh, I guess over the years, uh, the sand almost looks like it's embossed. It sticks out more than the mortar almost. Well, yeah, because your bricks get fat, get skinny, get fat, get thin. Your mason, the the brick itself takes up moisture, gets bigger when it takes on moisture, and it shrinks uh, when it's uh, not humid anymore. So keep in mind, those bricks get bigger and smaller, and that's what grinds out the tuck pointing or mortar in between those bricks. So uh, tuck pointing is not for the faint of heart. It's it's easy to get the stuff in there, but the right mix for the type of bricks you've got, the coloration, all of that, leave that to the pros. Hey, do you have uh, uh, some recommendations on companies in St. Louis here, uh 
Absolutely. Uh, we at Mosby Building Arts keep a list of that, a referral list. So you're welcome to call Mosby at 314-909-1800. Just say we talked on the phone. You got somebody who can uh, you can recommend, and we'll take you through all that. Because we use these guys all the time. You know, we're 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 hiring right. these guys all the time. So okay. Hey, I appreciate your time, Scott. Have a great day. All right, Terry. Have a good season to you. Bless you. Thank you. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Phone lines wide open for you. 314-436-7900-436-7900-800-925-1120. Bosco in the background cranking out. 50,001 watts for KMOX. We'll be right back for more after this lovely message from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We are live and lively here in beautiful Midwestern St. Louis. Thank you for joining, being part of the KMOX family uh, now and in the future as well the past. Uh, realize the uh, toy drive is here next Saturday. We've got all kinds of good things happening at Mosby Building Arts. Stop by Toy Drive, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. next Saturday, December 8th. That's in Kirkwood, uh, 645 Leffingwell Avenue. Uh, so keep that in mind we're going to talk uh, at there uh, and next week a little bit about semi-custom versus custom it's like well how much is a you know kitchen remodel how much is a bathroom remodel it's like well how much is a car is it a bentley is it a mercedes cadillac chevy yugo you know motorcycle you know all that so uh, the various uh, levels of finish uh, try and do a little bit of consumer education as one size does not fit all and you know of course as you go to the at the clothing store you pick out a shirt and there's a shirt for $15 there's a shirt for $150 why would somebody choose to buy the 15 or the 150 what's the difference uh, talk about that as it relates really to remodeling right now let's talk about uh, Jim and seeing what's cooking with my buddy here Jim good afternoon welcome to KMOX how can I help sir hello hey, Jim I, are you uh, with us I am okay hey uh I, uh, I'm going to have to buy some windows or have some windows installed here shortly, probably this summer. And, um, you know, you hear all these um, advertisements. Actually, some on KMOX, uh, some on television, um, of, of these windows that, uh, I mean, I've really never heard of. I don't know if I'm allowed to say any of the names, but... Uh, and I'm I'm wondering, you know, if you if you go with like a lot of the brand names like uh, Marvin or Pella or Anderson, they're like ungodly expensive. Um, what's your what's your thought on that? And uh, what uh, can you recommend somebody? Oh man, uh, Jim, hang on! I'm about to jump up on top of the log of the you know get on my stump. <clears throat> Frankly, I'm on a totally different page. Who puts in the window correctly? Do you put it in with flashing? Do you allow for moisture? So understand that in any kind of sales, it's easier for a consumer to compare product A with product B with product C. However, the lasting value or not is in the labor and the trained experience that either puts in that window correctly or not. 
because, uh, for example, uh, I can have a fabulous, well-trained carpenter put in a bad window, and that window will perform better than the best window put in incorrectly. Uh, you know, and then uh, how much do you depend on caulk? Is it caulk or flashing when the caulk poops out in five years or the two building materials between the window material and the brick or the siding or J-bar, whatever it is, when that inevitably moves, does my house leak? Does that water get into the wall? You know, so I, I'm an old carpenter. I believe in labor and I have seen products that were magnificently installed, mediocre products that lasted a long time. Uh, so just beware that if I am selling something, it's easier for me to differentiate the product than it is to represent the quality or absence of quality of craftsmen and you know part of the issue is in the construction and especially the exteriors business almost everything is subcontracted so the guy sitting there or woman sitting there talking to you about windows is completely on a different company than that which you'll install so it's very rare that employees uh, stay with the company very common for subcontractors to do all this and you know frankly in my world it's the lasting value so uh, my wife cringes when I make this example but it, it's appropriate um, if you're having brain surgery done would you rather have a skilled surgeon with a Bowie knife or a monkey with a scalpel operating on you um, so I'm, I'm getting a little bit on my stump but, but uh, my career my life and everything I'm about is about training people to do it right and think 20 30 40 years down the line in what today's right will bring four decades from now so I'm not really helping you answer your question but don't worry so much about the windows because, you know, st stay away from the cheapest windows. Uh, the most expensive windows have all kinds of wonderful things. They're worth the money, but only if you value those. Um, so your question of what's a good midline window, you know, you'll, you'll know it. Uh, the glass quality is incredible, uh, but the differentiator is the installation, and that's frankly where it's almost impossible for consumers to get a read on quality. How's that for a question and an answer? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a heck of an answer there, Scott. So is, is there anybody you can recommend, or do you guys uh, do that kind of work? We do. We actually started at the a division of exteriors because of this radio show um, and and we're, what we like is flashing sloped window sills how the how, how the window uh, gets installed in various houses uh, installation siding wood siding is different than vinyl siding is different than cement board siding is different than masonry is different than brick or stone or stucco so yeah you're welcome to call our company uh, but one of the most direct questions I would ask any company whether windows exteriors remodeling do you have your own carpenters do you directly employ your own tradesmen because if you don't you don't control training you don't control quality you don't control service you call them and they come whenever by law you cannot control schedules of a subcontractor unless you're breaking federal employment law so, you know, I mean, pardon me, but my whole company's built around this, if you can't tell I'm passionate about it, but that, 
you know, it's the it's <laughs> it's the guy with the tools that make or break the difference. I got you. Okay. Well, I will uh, I will make a phone call then uh, in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I will warn you. Directly employing direct employees costs a lot more than subcontracting. So if I want to make more money, I subcontract. If I want to do it right, then I control training, service, um, all of that stuff. And and when the downturn came, everybody fired everybody. We kept about 90% of our employees because we had a ton of money invested in training. Why in the world would I blow that away? So it was an expensive downturn for us, for sure. But that was why we did it, was to keep the, the good ones employed because, you know, they were the evangelists of this is how you do it. This is why it matters. Hey, you new guy, you got to do it this way. This is the way that matters, uh, you know. And being willing to hang it out there on KMOX to say this is what we do and how we do it. Okay, Scott. Well, I appreciate the information. Okay, Dave. Good luck, my friend. I wish it was easier uh-huh. than uh, that, but anyway, it's tough to judge employment quality. So, yep. I, all right, thanks. I agree. Uh-huh. Good question. Uh, anyway, so if if you're wondering differences, you just heard um, differences. But one of the best questions, if you want to interview a contractor of any sort, um, uh, flooring, uh, electrical, siding, roofing. Uh, you're going to, you'll see, and you'll see prices directly related to that. Uh, companies that train and carry their own employees, it's an expensive way to do it. Uh, and generally, it's not the most profitable way to do it. So you want to make a lot of money, subcontract it. You want to do a good job and have a, a reputation that lasts. You know, you, you're talking about your own direct employees and, you know, all the headaches that go with it. There are a lot of moving parts when you're dealing with people. Um, but that's just one of the things that Mosby's built on. Anyway, uh, Camo X, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I am Scott Mosby. This is Camo X, and I am at your service. Hey guys, it's Alex Ferrario. Join me and Amy Mark Scores for Chili's Week in Hockey as we dive deep into the blue season every Monday night. Notes from around the league and everyone's favorite, What's Up With That? 8 to 10 Monday nights on KMOX. Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Hey, if you watch TV, HGTV, it's not as easy. As, look, it's important you recognize HGTV is entertainment. It's television. It's not reality. Here's the answer. Well, I, I was hoping to get my project done in a week. Wow. Did you ever do the math on that? Everybody's in a hurry. Time is important more than quality. Yeah, so keep in mind, HGTV is not reality. There's a blog on Mosby Building Arts to speak to that. Take a look at that. I mean, basically, you want to get uh, a good craftsman lit up. Say, why can't you make it happen so quickly as it does on TV? You're so much slower. It's like, thank God. Anyway, let's go to my friend here. Talk to, uh, let's see what Dave's got cooking. Hey, Dave, Scott Mosby here. Good afternoon. How can I help you, bud? Uh, well, Scott, recently I had to replace a, a copper fitting in my basement, a faucet, change the faucet out, and um, 
Uh, I'm okay at sweating joints. I've done it a lot. But here's what puzzled me. And this was down by my washing machine on a two-story house. So I got two floors of water that I got to drain out first, right? Oh, yeah, brother. I feel your pain. Uh, It's coming. Okay. Okay. So I open the valves uh, down by the washing machine and and also go up and open all the valves in in all the sinks uh, in the two floors so it'll help it drain out fast. And I wait, you know, 10, 20 minutes. And it's still draining. It's still draining. I wait a half hour, forty-five minutes. It's still draining. I, it. I eventually had to go ahead and do it while water was still coming out. I don't understand where does that water come from. Oh man, it's the water coats all the inside of those pipes. So when you get the actual pipe empty, it's still lined with a layer of water on it and gravity continues to bring it down. Uh, How do you stop the water long enough to sweat? Well, I'll tell you, an experienced plumber will probably take out a bigger chunk of copper so that they can actually make the sweat um, not at the bottom. Uh, they might, uh, if this is a horizontal, they might go eight feet to the left and then up four inches so that they're only dealing with, you know, that thin film on the inside of the pipe and do that. And the other thing is, is you leave all your valves open because when you're cooking up a pipe, you're also steaming up that water, water, you know, steam expands, creates uh, pressure. It'll actually push yeah. your pipes apart, you know, so there's a whole bunch, uh, old time plumbers used to take white bread out of their uh, lunch and put a little bit bit of white bread in there and it would stop the water long enough and then they put it together and solder it up the plumbers actually have freezing tools that you know wrap a thing around and then uh, do a quick freeze to where it stops the water at that point they do the rest of the sweating and then take the blanket off and uh, the water you know thaws it you know it's it's empty of of, so you're you're you got a hundred year problem (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Though I never thought of the bread. That might have worked. Uh, the other thing is, the weird thing, another weird thing is, it's a cold water faucet, but yet hot water started coming out of it. I'm wondering if, is it possible that water from the water heater, since it's hot, is, is still somehow uh, uh, rising up and, and getting into the system that way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hot water expands. When you heat up water, it expands. If you turn it into steam, it really expands. It'll whistle on your tea kettle. So keep in mind that uh, if you've got a new water heater in St. Louis County, you'll have an expansion tank, that blue propane-looking thing about the size of a basketball. That's really what it's about because that, that recognizes that hotter water will expand. And frankly, just from the water service, even if you've got a water well, on your own well pump or Missouri American or Illinois American, you know, whoever your water service is, you know, it's not the same pressure all the time. So you bet water will expand and go from hot over to cold. Uh, Be careful if you're changing valves in one handled faucets. If you get the valve backwards, you can actually have hot water coming out the cold and cold coming out the hot. And that's just no more than just pulling out and turning the valve back around. So, (laughs) well, yeah. I think I'm okay. I got, I got it. I finally got it changed, and that's the only, uh, that's the only plumbing that's down at that level in the yeah. house. So I, I won't have to do it again for a long time. Yeah. So I was well, just let's hope, brother. What the heck, yeah, where it was all coming from. Appreciate your information. Thank you, Scott. All right, Dave. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Next, let's see what's cooking with Gary. Hey, Gary Scott Mosby here. How can I help, sir? 
Good afternoon. Um, a light bulb popped on when you were talking to the gentleman about those windows. Yeah. Um, my son and I and one of his buddies replaced the front porch frame and posts. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we uh, took down the support for the roofing after we installed the new posts, I neglected to grab the support and it broke the outer pane on one of our windows. I don't I can't tell what brand it is, but it only broke the outside pane. Are, yeah. Is that glass replaceable, or am I going to have to redo the whole window? And then um, as far as the decking on the front porch, is there a certain way that you pace the, uh, or space the decking side by side and then end to end when you put the decking down? I'm decking uh, the porch with what they call five-quarters. Treated uh-huh. lumber. Okay. Uh, you are asking ever more important questions than you, you even know. <laughs> the answer is yes and yes. Uh, so, frankly, I don't have a good answer for you on your glass. Uh, let, let's say I don't have an answer you want to hear. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, as we got into higher and higher performance uh, energy code stuff, uh, in order to control performance, manufacturers oftentimes or sometimes built their insulated glass into the sash to where you cannot change just the glass. So for probably 30% of the better brand names that you know, you're going to buy a whole sash. And frankly, they can also control the quality of their repair better if they make the whole sash and send you the whole thing. But... That being said, you need to be a rocket scientist to identify the brand, the size, the year that yeah. that brand sash was manufactured, yada, 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 on and on and on. So this, you need uh, to be a rocket this, scientist to order it, but not to replace it. This house was built back in like 1979. It's a log home, and it's wow. got wooden framed double pane glass windows in every window throughout the house. And I'm I'm thinking they're the original windows, but I'm yeah, having a hard time identifying what brand they are. So uh, I wasn't sure whether or not I could replace, get the glass, you know, take the sash out, take it to a glass shop, and somebody who specializes in a certain brand replace the panels, or if I'm going to have to replace that whole assembly. So. Yeah, you're, I don't know is the answer. Uh, frankly, it's getting somebody out there that knows the day. I've got another bit of uh, fun fact for you. Some of those window manufacturers are gone. They don't exist. Wow. So, gotcha. um, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, there's a company called, um, uh, anyway, there was a peach tree uh, that made a fa- a ma- uh, materials. There was a company down in southern Missouri for years that made windows, and uh, they went out of business in the 70s. They they were big into log homes. I forget yeah. the name of the manufacturer, but they were all over the log industry. Um, anyway, you're on your own on that. That's a, to, to get somebody out, I think you're going to need a pro to come look at those windows. Uh, they'll gotcha. look at the age of the house, uh, thickness of the insulated glass, what the sash looks like. You need a window pro to know what they're looking at. And, and you're, so right. you're looking like for a seven or eight out of 10 quality guy, experienced guy that knows windows, just to identify what your choices are. Gotcha. Uh, now, as far as the, uh, decking goes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, decking's a big deal. Uh, spacing is a big deal um, because when wood gets wet, it gets longer or bigger. Um, uh-huh. For example, when you put that five-quarter treated lumber down and then next summer when you get to August, that wood will be drier and it will shrink. So the holes through your lumber, whether screws or nails, those holes will get bigger because they shrink in the board but that means when they shrink they don't squeeze the nail they shrink away from the nail so that's why thus the screw versus nail you know conversation for decades um that is so the spacing generally if you're using uh five quarter treated lumber uh we use about a 10 penny finish nail about eighth of an inch uh, between those boards because they're going to shrink and get smaller so the gaps get bigger uh, but if you get them too close together some people put them to, right close together because they like the look it catches all the whirly birds all the oak towel and the dirt you can't clean the deck so about an eighth of an inch is the recommended spacing and that includes the length if you've got a 30 foot long deck you need to leave at least a quarter of an inch at the end of each end because when it rains uh, that board will not only get fatter as it expands it gets longer so the length um, for example uh, a hardwood floor will have a quarter to a half inch all the way around the room for room to expand. That's where the baseboard and the quarter round came from in hardwood floorings is recognition of how much that wood floor gets bigger and smaller without it being a visual issue. So it works on wood decks. So you're you're right on the bubble there, my friend. So this, this deck has got a roof over it, over the front of the house. Right. And it's it's like just over thirty six feet long. Okay. So if I've got if I've got like two sixteen foot pieces of lumber and then another eight foot, I'm gonna have to cut something off and I should stagger the the butt to butt meetings. Absolutely. And and not all at the same. You don't want all eight foot staggers. Uh, so you want to stair step it that's just a visual issue this is aesthetic only uh so uh basically on flooring you don't i don't particularly like every other board being at eight feet then you have this funky line and if it's off by an eighth of an inch it looks crooked so basically we stagger them about four feet you know two three or four feet so you cut this one and then so the off fall you put us maybe you start your first one with a four foot board then a 16 and a 16 uh, and then you wind up with a four well the off fall from that four foot then goes all the way back down to the four foot back in the end and you go back so the first board might be six or eight or something you following me on that the right, process right. it and stair step it it looks a whole lot better than eights versus zero versus eights versus you know it's it just a it, it, it's a look that you know when you're all done it it doesn't look very good the stick the staggered um progression of boards is kind of the pro way to do it in hardwood flooring as well as decking so you don't recommend me using like the four or six foot going directly out on either side of the front door with like a 16 footer on each on each side of that like there'd be like all the seams would be on to the left and to the right of the door 
Now, I would stagger them. I'd start them to the left and then stagger them outwardly away from that, and that'll change your... But uh, keep in mind, where is your reference? Your reference is the front door, so you want to make all your decisions about where your raw falls are according to what it looks like at the front door entry. So within eight feet left and right, that's gospel. But if you have all those other joints all at the same place, eight feet left and eight feet right... That makes an it, it just it, it it's not an aesthetically pleasing pattern. Uh, Mother Nature doesn't work like that. Carpenters shouldn't either. Yeah, well, it's the the door centered. Yeah, on the porch there, and uh, the if I was I was just thinking whether or not to use the short lumber to go straight out from the door, and then the long lumber on either side of that. Uh, yeah, didn't know if that was the proper way to do it or not. Yeah, you can you can start your your reference point at the door, um, and deciding where those joints are, and then the off falls being at the end. That that's the right way to go about it because that's your perspective. Um, but uh, you know, just I, I wouldn't have all the joints every other board lined up at eight feet. That's just not my message there. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the heads up. You bet, man. Good luck, my friend. Have a good one. Thank all you. Right. Take care, Gary by now home improvement scott mosby getting a little windy here i'm waiting for santa i don't know about you i'm listening to christmas music i like christmas and i like christmas music i've got friends that drives them bonkers can you imagine somebody who hates christmas music there's no place you can go anyway enough of that scott mosby KMOX home improvement at your service Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yeah. Home Improvement, back together. Let's go see what's cooking with my friend Rick. Hey, Rick, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Yeah, good afternoon, Scott. Thank you for your, your service. Yes, sir. Um, I was wondering, I was trying to redo my uh, bathroom, hope, over here over the winter months, and uh, we have a shower stall, not a tub, but a stall. And uh-huh. the first six feet is, uh, you know, a, a fiberglass, so everything's fine. But the top two feet is drywall. And over the years, the water has gotten to it and stained it. And uh, actually, some holes are being uh, going through it there. So to take all that out, do you replace it with the green drywall type product? And my second question, is there a type of, um, of uh, not linoleum, but tile? that you would put in your bathroom that works out better, that, you know, the water will just hit that and run down to the fiberglass and not destroy anything? Oh, yeah, you're asking the $64 question. First off, uh, you're in the big leagues. If you basically destroyed the drywall above your fiberglass shower unit, you're using it enough and you're cooking it down with steam, you're steaming it enough that I green moisture-resistant drywall is the suitable material, but for you that's not enough. Uh, my recommendation is go to a cement board, put ceramic tile over that, um, and, and treat it as a wet surface. Uh, the a lot of those fiberglass units, uh, acrylic, uh, are only six feet tall. Well, you know, if I'm five feet eight and I've got that shower head bouncing off the top of my head, I am getting the ceiling and those walls pretty wet. Well, yeah. you know, and then you multiply that times three, four to six, eight, you know, however family members are showering. Um, sometimes the ceiling is appropriate to put ceramic tile on, and that would be the first product to go. So you start with the ceiling, uh, you put your tile on the 
ceiling and then you put the walls up next to it or basically like hang like as if it was underneath the edges of that that finishes the edges and then you run that all the way down to the top of that fiberglass or precast unit that so for high traffic bathrooms that's the only thing that'll handle it really okay so a cement board and then a ceramic tile and do you have to use grout with that ceramic tile Absolutely. Uh, if you're asking me that question, you have a lot to learn, and and be careful. You you need to do some serious uh, uh, research into that because yes, when you do ceramic tile, uh, you're going to pick the color. You you have to decide whether you want to try and match that fiberglass unit or be a different color completely. That's important. And then you've got a color of the grout and a suitable grout. So the tile that you're going to put in there is going to be you know just butt to butt, a very small. The grout for that would be. Uh, not sanded because it needs to be so tiny on the joints uh, that it's virtually all ceramic tile and not much grout. So, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, just as you can tell, yeah, I've never done anything like this. So, uh, so I, I appreciate your help there, and uh, you know, try to follow that, or it may have to get some assistance, have someone else, you know, come in and you know, be the helper, hopefully. Well, Rick, that you're asking the question and getting the answer on yes, tile all that, uh, whatever you do and whoever does it, it's going to work out for you because anything less, I've danced with paint and oil paint and epoxy, it doesn't work. It, you just, it's a wet surface and you need to treat it with tile. Yeah, yeah, my wife likes to make it at 100 degrees in there, so the steam is, is incredible there. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, again, I thank you for your help and uh, Merry Christmas to you. Oh, thank you. Bless you as well. Bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Folks, thank you so much. I have had a good time. I want to thank my friend uh, John Algren from Paradise, California. Uh, burned out. He shared what that was like. Uh, so be prepared. Whatever your version of emergency, uh, water, food, safety, of course, that's important. That's the message for today. Uh, gratitude for those of us that are here. Also, prayers for the folks in Anchorage, Alaska with earthquake, as well as uh, those in California. So much to be grateful for bless you all see you next week uh, live and lively stuff the truck mosby building arts 10 to 2 next saturday in kirkwood stay tuned more happening here on camo x